If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, welcome to the 150th episode of Vacation Rental Success. And this is your host, Heather Bayer, and I really cannot believe we have got to 150. It seems no time at all that I was recording episode 100, which obviously was around about 50 weeks ago, seeing as we have been delivering episodes every single week this year. So this time last year, I was um, probably in about the same place I am now, I think. You know, I was on vacation. I was in my RV uh, in a state park, probably, just as I am now, and recording that 100th episode. So here we are at uh, 150. And uh, yeah, in another state park in Kentucky this time. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And while I'm recording this, uh, Hurricane Matthew is pounding its way, just gone past the Bahamas, heading towards Florida. So my my heart is with everybody on that Florida coast, everybody that was in the Bahamas and in Haiti and other places where this monster has uh, has unleashed its fury. I, I know that with um, the VRMA conference just a week away that there will be hundreds of property managers up and down that Florida, Carolina coast who have uh, gone into uh, their emergency planning and emergency preparedness plans and will be, we'll have everything under control. I know that, but it it still doesn't take away from the fact that that the weather causes such situations for for so many people. And, um, you know, by the time you listen to this podcast, um, Matthew will have done him does it done his stuff, I guess, and will be way off into the Atlantic. We hope, and everybody will be recovering. And I hope with um, with minimal impact on your vacation homes and um, and businesses. But I'm sure as I get to VRMA in uh, Chandler in uh, ne- next week, I'll be talking to a lot of property managers who have. Um, who have weathered this storm, and it will be interesting to see how you know how those emergency plans come into uh, into action when something like this actually does happen. I had a good hard think about what I would talk about today, and i i don 't have a guest on the show it 's just me and and I wanted it to be something that um, that really looked back over the last and in fact it 's the last three years, nearly four years of podcasting. Because in the first year, I, I, I certainly, the first, first 18 months, I certainly wasn't uh, recording a podcast every week. I think in, uh, in 2013, when I started, I just recorded seven episodes. And, and if I go back to my trainer and mentor, Cliff Ravenscraft, I always remember him, him saying that for, for those who are starting up a podcast, if you get past episode seven, then you're probably going to make a success of it because the majority of 
would-be podcasters don't ever get to that point. They record one or two and then they either lose interest or they lose enthusiasm and just decide that it's not for them. Or they don't get an audience. Well, of course, you don't get an audience at the start. I'm sitting here in my RV at the moment. Um, I'm sort of talking to the dog because... As far as I as far as I know, if I was starting out, it would be the dog who would be the only one who's listening to me. I do know now that I have a core of listeners who probably I don't know five hundred odd people who come along and listen to every episode, and it's absolutely wonderful. I know that because every episode you know certainly gets that amount of of, of downloads. But when you start out, you don't know that. You don't know who's listening. You haven't got a clue who's who's out there. And, and it really does feel like you're talking to nobody. But I did get past that critical seventh episode. And then Mike came on board and said, come on, if we're going to do this seriously, you've got to commit to broadcasting an episode every single week. And and so I did. So from the beginning of, of, of 2015, in fact, that's what I've been doing. And so here we are at, uh, at 150 now. And when I look back, it's it's all been sort of pretty random as to who I've spoken to, who I've interviewed, and the topics that we've covered. So I thought it would be great today to actually go back over those episodes, pick out some of the themes that have been the most popular and come up with, let's say, a dozen tips or so that I have personally taken away from from some of these episodes and, and some of these themes. I look back, like you can go to iTunes. If you go to iTunes, in fact, just Google iTunes, iTunes and Vacation Rental Success, it will bring up the complete 150 episodes that uh, that we've done so far. And so, so what I did, I went through them and, and just picked out what I thought were the most relevant, the interviews and the episodes that really seem to resonate with people and, and just come up with, um, with the most popular, I guess. Now, in this, I'm going to talk about a lot of those episodes, not all 150 of 149 of them, um, but I'm going to uh, pinpoint a couple that you might want to go back and listen to again. You don't have to rem- don't have to remember what episode number they are. I'm going to put I'm going to put all these in the show notes. If something that I'm talking about resonates with you and you just like to go back and have a have a re-listen to it. Well, all you need to do then is go to the show notes and they'll all be listed there. So here goes. It was it was an interesting, interesting look back. And I think, you know, one theme that came out more than anything else, it started off really in episode three, the third episode I did. And it was about being a guest. And I have, and now I realise how much I have talked about being a guest and how important it is that every vacation rental owner does this at some time or another. And that is not being a guest in your own home. It doesn't, you know, that doesn't count. It really doesn't count just going to your own vacation home and staying there with a group of people. It does not count. You've got to go to somewhere you've never been before. You've got to put yourself into the shoes of 
a guest who is arriving at, at, at a place for the first time, it doesn't have to be your place, but at a property for the first time, to really understand what it's like for them when they arrive at your place. Episode three was, was the very first one I did on being a guest, and I've done a couple more since then, and I've mentioned this over and over again. Every time I go to a different vacation rental property, I learn something new. And in episode three, we just come back from, from the Bahamas, from Eleuthera. It was the first time we'd went to the we we'd been to the Bahamas. And and I wanted to talk about that experience. And you know, one of the the, the main things that got me about that experience was the difficulty in, in finding the property. Um the directions were fine, but it was a new, it was an unusual place. We'd just arrived into a brand new country, never been there before. It was an interesting experience uh, actually doing that. And what it taught me was how important it is not just to get the directions right, but to actually explain in great detail what, what they're going to find when they get there. At this property in Eleuthera, we were told that the key would be under a rock by the front door, and in fact, it was under a it was under a decorative um, a decorative little statue thing. It was actually unnerving getting there and even seeing this this rock and hoping that that key was going to be there because here we were on a new island we'd never been to before at uh, six o'clock in the evening with a family, a small baby, and it's appeared that that was the only means of entry. And I'd, and oh yeah, of course the key was there, but it did cross my mind what hap- what would have happened if it hadn't been. We, we had a, a number to call, but we didn't have a cell phone that was operating at the time. We, we'd been um, just expecting to use the Wi-Fi of the property when we got there to, uh, to have contact with the outside world. Uh, we hadn't got a roaming service on our cell phones. So, that really came home to me how important it is to not only have a backup plan that I know as an owner, but to let my guests know, you know, if for some reason somebody has walked past and stolen the key, if that key's not there, what is the backup plan? Something that has not did not just resonate with me, but I shared that out to all my owners in my agency that are registered with our, with our agency. So there is the reason why... I say that every owner should stay in somebody else's vacation home. And that's because you have to have that ex- that experience of arriving, of walking into the place for the very first time, of knowing what you're going to be looking for, of, of what you look for first. I mean, I always, you know, we, we decide first of all who's having what bedrooms. Then I explore the kitchen and I open every cupboard and I open every drawer just to see what's there. I remember going to a place in Exuma and I talked about that as well in another episode and finding that um, every drawer that that wasn't occupied with um, think knives and forks and things like that was full of used plastic bags, used shopping bags. And I don't think the owner had even considered the fact that guests would go through every drawer and every cupboard. 
So do it. If it's one thing, well, I'm going to say this a couple of times. If it's, you know, if it's one thing you do, make a goal is to to actually book yourselves into somewhere you've never been before and go stay there and experience what it's like to be a guest in a property that you've never set foot in. Here's another goal for you. And I'm sure there was an episode where I talked about reviews and how important they are that you spend the time looking at reviews. And I my goal here is for you to set aside three or four hours and actually study the reviews for properties in your area. You may, you may actually have already done this, but it, it's so important that you understand what it is that the people who are coming to stay at your place like, what it is they're looking for, what is it that makes them so enthusiastic and talk about coming back to a place and telling all their friends. It could be something really, really simple that you can apply in your own place with with very little effort or cost. I always remember looking at, I was I was putting together a, a realty course, in fact, and I was looking at some properties down on the uh, the Florida panhandle. And near, I believe it was near Destin, and I can't actually remember exactly what uh, what the area was. But these condos had beach in fr- uh, a, a private beach in front of them, and there, there were beach chairs. Guests of the condos were were charged one hundred and forty nine dollars a week to rent these beach chairs. And many of the reviews for these condos, and many of the condos were, were, were I mean, they, all these condos were really similar. I mean, there wasn't much that was separated between them. Most of them, you know, gave the rate for the week and also mentioned that if you wanted to rent the beach chairs, it was an additional $149, except for one. And this one condo owner simply included the beach chairs within his rental rate. And his rental rate was higher than the others. In his listing, he said, you know, don't worry about having to pay extra for beach chairs. They are already there for you. It's included in the price. And looking at the reviews, virtually every review said they chose this place because they didn't have to pay extra for the beach chairs. Or how great it was that this facility included the beach chairs and they, they, were, they were very impressed that that had been done. Nobody seemed to take into account that the owner had a higher price for his condo than others. You know, it's, it's an interesting bit of psychology here. So have a think about it. It's a bit like including cleaning within your rental rate. You know, instead of charging... $2,000 a week for your property and then imposing a $250 cleaning fee, just charge $2,250. It's psychological that when everything is bundled in, people love bundles. And they quite often don't look at the fact that the pricing, you know, may not give them much of a break. You can, of course, give a bit of a break, but uh, have a think about this. It was, it was just so interesting reading these reviews and that property that included the beach chairs was absolutely fully booked, whereas many of the others had vacancies. So there must be something in that. So that was just an, another thing for you to do is, uh, is have a look at reviews and see what other people are doing 
in the in the area. Something that uh, that has come out of so many of of the episodes is um, what what we Matt Landau calls um, listing site independence, or what he originally called listing site independence, but now he sort of doubled back a little bit and said, you know, we're not talking about becoming completely independent of listing sites. We're talking about having an independent presence outside of listing on those sites because the listing sites are not the enemy. HomeAway and Airbnb are not the enemy. You can use them to your advantage. Use them to bring you guests because once you have those guests in your home, then you can show them your uniqueness and make them your ambassadors. And most recently, Martin Picard of Vreezy.com on episode 149 talked about that. Once you have those guests there, you can be so unique that not only will they they come back over and over again, but they're going to be your ambassadors and will market for you. They'll tell their friends. They'll share it on their social media. And if you have your own website, if you have your own independent base, then that's where these guests are going to send their friends and the people they talk about you too. So it was interesting to see that over the course of the last couple of years, we have moved away a little bit from saying, you know, listing sites are dreadful. You don't want to be listing on those sites. You want to have complete independence from them to a point where we're saying, no, listing sites really do have their place. They're valuable. They can bring you the guests you want. And then once you've got them, that's when you do the things that you should do with them and steer them back to your own website. So that comes to my next tip, something that's, uh, that, that really came out of so many episodes, and that's about building your own website. So whether it's Wix or WordPress, Alan Egan uh, of rentmoreweeks.com talked about WordPress at length in episode 66. He has a wonderful course on creating your own website. I've, I've followed that course and it's step by step and really useful, really easy to follow. And really, there is no reason why you shouldn't do that, why you shouldn't build your own website. I've talked to, uh, I've talked to owners in episodes who have built their own websites on Wix. I uh, haven't done it myself and I, I, I can't really comment on it, but they feel that it's good for them. Mostly, I would recommend WordPress. Of course, if you don't want to do it yourself, there are companies such as One Rooftop, uh, which used to be called um, Web Chalet. And I interviewed a Sarah Brubaker of Web Chalet in, a, in an episode a couple of years ago where she talked about, uh, you know, the, the importance of getting this presence out there. Um, MyVR is another one that, uh, that you could consider using. Or there's options provided by companies like Rentivo or BookingSync, which also include, you know, the full property management reservation systems. So take a look at at those if you don't want to to get into to creating your own website from scratch you can use one rooftop my vr booking sync rentivo and others like them that will give you the template and just do a plug and play type of website 
just get it out there. You know, if you're listening to this and you haven't got your own website, then it really is a goal you should make. Um, I've talked to so many successful owners across the last few years who say that their own sites have been the foundation of their move away from a dependence on listing sites. And of course it is. You know, if, if, you're only, if you only have a listing on HomeAway or VRBO or Airbnb or TripAdvisor, that's all you have. You have to play by their rules. When they, when they change their policies, that's going to impact you. And of course, it still will if, if you are using them. But if you have your own website to fall back on, then it's, it's just going to, to contribute more and more to your own success, your own independent success. So talking about websites, it's very clear that SEO is not dead. I, I saw this a, oh, a year or so back. Um, search engine optimization is dead. This It doesn't work anymore. Google have changed their algorithms. Uh, I had to learn a lot about what algorithms were. And I think you may have heard me talk about my, my favorite book, The Art of SEO, which is where I've got my very minimal knowledge on search engine optimization. But I did talk to to some great people over the last couple of years. It was Steve Sassman in episode 20, where we discussed all sorts of things related to search engine optimization and, and keywords and, and how we create content and how important content is to bringing traffic to your website. And of course, more recently, you'll have heard me talking about Conrad O'Connell. And in episode 116, we spent quite a lot of time talking again about about keywords. Now, there was um, 100 episodes between Steve and Conrad. So in that time, SEO has not died. It really hasn't. Conrad is now helping my rental agency, Cottage Link Rental Management, to move over to uh, to a new website and to create a really content-packed vehicle for advertising our properties. So beforehand, we just, we just, it was just listing. We just listed our properties and, and hope people would come. And in fact, you know, a lot of them did, but things are changing and we're now competing against the much better web presence of, of other organizations. And if you take some time, if you know, particularly if you're an agency, if you take some time and you look at your competitors' websites, pick out the best stuff that they do and practice it. We talked to David and Gotti from SmokyMountains.com a while back. I absolutely love that website, which is about the vacation and a little bit less about the rental, which is something that Martin Picard was talking with me about um, last week. David and his uh, his business partner, Wes, have created this amazing content-packed website at smokymountains.com, which has become a travel portal for anybody coming into the um, the Smoky Mountains area. So really important to look at the content you're putting into your website and then examining the SEO uh, around it, examining the keywords, making sure that you're creating content that people are actually looking for. Yeah, the next few weeks we'll be rolling over to our new website and I'm working madly on the content at the moment to uh, 
um, to, to make sure it has all those elements that, uh, that our guests are looking for. You know, talking about content, um, let's go back to listings again for a second because the content on our listings is often what drives people to make an inquiry in the first place. I mean, once, we, once they've made that inquiry, you begin that dialogue with them, which is wonderful, but you've got to get them interested in the property in the first place. And it's, I mean, I'll come in, come, coming back to photographs in a second, but uh, just wanted to talk about the importance of your listing text. I talked to Erin Raub, who is a travel copywriter on episode 11 and again with Jessica Vosel on episode 95. And if you came to Vacation Rental Success Summit last year, you, you'll probably have met Jessica and heard her talk about the value of storytelling and how, how important it is to get the story of your property out in your, your listing text. It's wasted space to simply talk about how many bedrooms you have, how many bathrooms you have, and what appliances you have in the kitchen. Seriously, it's just wasted space. That sort of information is included in your amenities list. It's included in other spots on a listing where people are looking for the number of beds and the number of bathrooms. Use that valuable, valuable space to tell your story. Go back and listen to Jessica's episode and you'll see how she explains how to do that. And it it is remarkably easy. We just have to think about the senses, people's senses and how you can connect with those senses by using by using words. Um, for, for those of you who have known me for some time, you'll know that I once was a hypnotist. I used words to help people, um, to suggest different behaviours to them. And that is what writing a really good listing is all about. It's, it's, it's being hypnotic. It's using hypnotic um, words and phrases that will encourage people to imagine that they're actually at the property. It's, it gets them into a different place. It gets them into a vacation mode. It gets them thinking about what they can do, what they're going to see, what they're going to hear, what they're going to smell and what they're going to taste. If in doubt, go back to your listing. Go back and have a look at your listing and and just ask yourself, is this telling a story of a vacation or is it simply describing a property? You want to be doing the first in far greater detail than you are the second. So I said we were going to talk about photography and, you know, great photos sell. We know that. My friend Tyanne Marsink has explained this. She explained how to take the best photos. And do you know, Tyanne said something to me in the episode we did together where I interviewed her. And she explained about how to take a photograph of a bed by kneeling down at the foot of it and looking up. And the other thing that she she told me that I have never forgotten is to shoot in raw. And at that time, I really had not a clue what she was what she was talking about. You know, I was a great just just take my my fancy camera and just stick in stick it in automatic mode and off we go. And yes, that was taking good pictures. But since I talked to Tyann, I have taken all my property photos in raw and then I take them into Lightroom 
which is um, part of the Adobe suite. And it's incredibly inexpensive to use Lightroom. And then I adjust the photos in there, not adjusting them so that they look totally unrealistic, but just adjusting highlights and shadows, looking at the, changing the exposure, just removing things that don't belong in the photo and making them look a ton better. I am so thankful to Tyann and for that episode and for, for the times I've met her as well to, to take on board her incredibly useful and valuable advice and apply it to my photos because photos do sell. It is the photographs that grasp, that grab somebody when they're looking at your listing. They just say, if that photo says, come by me, come and stay at this, uh, at my place now, you've got them. You've captured their imagination and, and that is the first step to getting them booking and getting them inside your door and then becoming your ambassadors. Of course, um, more recently, we've been talking about video. Episode 59, I talked to Lou Bortone, who's a video expert, and we discussed making some short videos and how easy it is to do that. Uh, you know, the sh not necessarily videos where you walk through the property and, and go room by room, which is, which is great um, if you do it correctly, but more so the videos that might ask a guest's specific questions like, is the water safe to drink? Am I safe on the streets? You know, more asking the questions people ask about how they're going to enjoy their vacation in your location. You can use video to create the answers to, uh, to those questions. Lou had been to Discovery Villa, which is the Costa Rica home of Evelyn Gallardo. And he had helped um, Evelyn create half a dozen of these videos, which were incredibly effective for her. So if, if you want a little bit more information on that, go back to the interview I did with Evelyn and also the one I did with Lou, and that will give you some much greater insight into um, creating video. More recently, I spoke to Will Franco about the digital handshake, which is another method of, of connecting with people that are inquiring by sending them back. Instead of, send, instead of responding to an inquiry with, with a simple email, the digital handshake is about sending back a short video introduction so that people actually see you as well as, as get your message um, on an email. So for, for sure, check out Will Franco's um, episode because that's something that, uh, that I think anybody can try and, and uh, relatively inexpensively as well. So something else that's come across loud and clear through the, the last couple of years of Vacation Rental Success podcast is that niches work. Just talking to Martin Picard last week, where he was t talking about being unique. Everybody has some form of uniqueness. You know, even if you have, even if you have a condo, the condo like we were talking about in the Florida Panhandle, they had, they picked up on a unique thing that they could do, which was to offer these, uh, offer the beach chairs. But we can go further than that, obviously. We can go to a, a wider niche where we're appealing to a much larger group of people that are looking specifically for something that you have to offer. Being family friendly is one of the most obvious ones, but it's not be talking about being family friendly and actually 
walking the talk you know is 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 different i talked to wendy shand of tots to travel uh, in the early early days of of the vacation rental success podcast and i followed that up with another interview with nikki woodson blair fairly recently and the theme was was generally the same that families are looking for specific types of property they when they're booking they want to know that they're going to be comfortable they're going to feel safe and they're going to enjoy their vacation with whatever ages of children they've got with them. So if your property is a family-friendly property in the best sense of the term, meaning that you supply all the items that will make a mom's life easier on vacation for a particular age group of child, then you need to be promoting that out to that niche. Uh, another one we talked about was accessible vacations. You know, Mike and I and our families have just come back from Cyprus and staying at Andy's, um, Andy's property, Villa Carpadium. And he showed us his accessible suite, which is on the, the lower floor of the villa, which we, you know, we, we didn't use, but it, it was just mind blowing the way that Andy has focused on on accessibility uh, as a niche, even to the point now where he's working with a um, a scuba diving company that specialises in um, in disabled diving, and the team from um, the diving company have been to Villa Carpadium. They have taken one of the disabled guests into the pool and done the diving in in the swimming pool at the villa um with that guest you know i'll i'll put a link into um andy's facebook page so you can go have a look at some of the images from that and some of the video it's just it's it's amazing but andy has seen this this niche of accessibility and has done it completely right it's not a matter of just putting up a couple of handrails it's not a matter of just putting up um a ramp to the front door if you're going to get into marketing a specific niche, then you need to go into it wholeheartedly in the way that Andy's done. So go, you know, if you're interested in um, uh, accessible rentals, go to the episode where I interviewed Andy because it's really, really interesting. Of course, the other, another big, huge niche is pets. And I interviewed Diane Denton from Australia uh, just recently, Diane's niche is not just dogs, although she loves dogs and will have as many dogs as, as people want to bring to her property. But her niche is horses and it's beach riding with horses because her property's on the beach. She is a horse enthusiast, so she encourages guests to come bring their horses and they can ride them on the beach. It's it's an amazing niche. There's very few of them. And uh, and Diane is really working to develop this niche to actually work with um with other providers of of equine related products and interests to to get the word out about her property. So think about what is your uniqueness? What are you what is amazing about your place? What could bring people to your place, you know? start to hone in on how you can specifically market and target the groups of people who are looking for that accommodation. Finally, this is something that we're all going to face at some time, and that's uh, that's selling our property. And in fact, just this morning, I got an email from somebody who has been 
Um, they've had their property on Airbnb and HomeAway for, for, for three years. It's done incredibly well. And, and now they want to sell it, but they're having a real issue with finding a realtor who understands the vacation rental market and, and is willing to, to put a price on it to start with that, that reflects the business side of it. I talked to Rick Oster about this um, about um, nine, ten months ago. It was at the time that I was looking to sell my own property, Osprey Cottage, and going through the very same issues that um, that the lady who wrote this email was. I, I talked to realtors and they had not got a clue how to value it. And and in fact, they refused to. They refused to put a high, you know, the, the sort of value I wanted on it because it already had $30,000 worth of rentals in it for that year and they were all repeat guests. So to me, that was a huge value. You know, in the end, I, I went and I, I sold it privately. I sold it without a realtor. Um, Rick Oster has sold his golf homes, one of his golf homes, uh, in the same way. And we, we talked about using commercial realtors and cap rates and, and, and how to actually value and put a price on a property. So definitely worthwhile going over and, um, you know, if you're thinking about selling, going and listening to Rick. I also spoke with Ben Edwards, um, the president of VRMA, and Ben delivers a presentation at every VRMA conference about uh, buying and selling rental agencies, which I've always found fascinating. And I, you know, it's always new material. I go along and listen because at some point, some the, the time will come at some point in the future where where I'm thinking I I need to, you know, I'll have to think about selling Cottage Link Rental Management. And there is a lot to think about. And in fact, even independent owners, if you're thinking about selling your own property, it's worthwhile having a look at that or having a listen to that episode with Ben, because you might get some useful pointers out of out of that. And of course, I've just recently interviewed um, Erica Muller from the Flamingo Group in Orlando. And I interviewed Erica way, way back. She, she was one of the very first seven episodes. And then I've, I've come back to interview Erica again. She was, a, she was a, uh, a workshop leader at the Vacation Rental Success Summit where she came along and talked about buying properties. So that was a very valuable exercise in, in understanding what you should be looking for if you're actually looking for a new property. So if you're thinking about buying or selling, there's been plenty of material in those episodes to give you a useful, um, a useful grounding in, in getting, the, getting things together before you actually buy or sell. Well, that's about it. I think I've, I've probably covered enough in, in this 150th episode. Uh, as a look back over the themes, the, the most interesting and the most popular episodes that, uh, that we've recorded. I hope, you've, um, I hope you've enjoyed that and that you head on over to the show notes if you want to re-listen to some of those episodes. And, you know, if I am always open to hearing from you as to how the Vacation Rental Success Podcast should go forward. I mean, do you like this format? Um, are there other people you'd like me to interview? Should we do some question and answer sessions? I don't know. I've asked this question before and didn't get a huge amount of response. So I'd, I'd really, 
I mean, I really do value your feedback. I'm still here sitting in my RV talking to my dog and I'm not getting any feedback from her at the moment. She, In fact, she's just, I should take the, uh, I should take my, I wonder if you can hear her snoring in the background. Possibly not. Possibly not. But she is. And, and she is my only audience. She's the only one I can actually I can actually see, physically see. I can't see you guys out there, but I know you're there and I want, I really do want your feedback. So email me, heather at cottageblogger.com and let me know what you think. Let, let me know what you'd like to hear and, and we'll do the best that we can. Put the comments on the show notes as well. I'd really love that. Uh, you know, perhaps you putting a comment on the show notes about something that you'd like to hear would um, would give someone else some ideas as well. So I'd love to hear from you. So for another week, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to be with you. And I look forward to being with you again for another 150 episodes. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.